know we back, baby. You know we doing what we do at the Double D Podcast, baby. Let's talk about that NFL Week 14 games and highlights. Let's see what Cam Newton had to say. And you know we got to get to that must-see TV, and we got some shout-outs going on. <laughs> hey, listen. When it, hey, D, my man. When it came to NFL Week 14, listen, you know it started out on Thursday night football, right? And we had talked about this game a little bit, but you know, the Patriots had came out and they beat the Steelers uh, 21 to 18. Now, you know, the, the mad scientist with Bill Belichick, you know, he kind of be like, hey, now it's a, a good game uh, to go ahead and win this game right quick, uh, put a little bit more pressure on Mike Tomlin and, you know, kind of mess up their playoff aspects and hopes. And at the same time, it won't hurt our draft stock too much. <laughs> what you think about the Patriots in the Steelers game 21-18? I don't even think it was Bill Belichick. I, th- I honestly think I'll let Bill just let them go out there and do anything they want to do now. Because there's no way y'all got to be thinking Bill is coaching this team. Yeah. I think he just, yeah. It did, uh, And then another thing, too, is that uh, Kenny Pickett, he did go down. So, it, you know, it, that could have been a situation where that, that's where they got the edge from this game. You, but I think it's... We, 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 I think this has been a, a um, an ongoing topic, an ongoing trend. A man playing for his job is a scary man. Yeah. And Bailey Zappi is in that same conversation as players. Matt, that whole quarterback room is playing full job. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's scary. And like I said, it's a scary thing to go up against a man on the edge. Right. <laughs> and I think that's been. That's just human nature. Exactly, exactly. Going up against a man on the edge usually does it tends the man on the edge. Right now, now with this being said, you take you do you do know Ben Roethlisberger said maybe the Steelers ain't the Steelers no more. It's things that kind of got shook up. It's not what it was. The Iron Curtain is gone. When he was there, even the stuff that he had when he was there on offense defense is no longer in existence. Man, uh, tell me your kind of your viewpoint on it. Is it, it because? How you feel about it as far as the Steelers and where they're headed? That 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 defense is still top tier. Okay. As far as, I would compare it to the defenses of Ben Roethlisberger's times. I think they are very similar with James Harrison, T.J. Watt, uh, who 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 was it? Mike Turner, uh, Joey Joey Porter Jr. Now out there. Uh, Troy Polamalu and those guys. They got Minka Fitzpatrick. So it's not like the the defense has taken such a fall off. It's that offense. And honestly, they're a team, I don't like saying this about teams, they're a team that's a quarterback away. Honestly, they're a quarterback away. They have a real wide receiver one out there in George Pickens. They have two legit running backs in um, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren has, has emerged. Um, that wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, uh, Allen Robinson II, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Darnell Washington, a big body tight end rookie. That offense is not terrible. You know what I'm saying? It's not bad. It's just one quarterback can only play in the fourth quarter, and your other quarterback is Mr. Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal. At this point, y'all might as well throw out Mason Rudolph. Give mm-hmm. him a chance. Because I remember he went on that little run for y'all guys before Miles Garrett smacked him with a helmet. Right. So, I'm and, Y'all are just a quarterback away. Honestly, the I don't feel comfortable saying that with a lot of teams. I will say that again. But this Steelers team is the closest thing to being a quarterback away. I got you. So it's, it's a little. You think it's kind of a little bit of an overreaction? Yes. So do you think that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers is gonna make the playoffs? I think they fall out. Okay. Because I want to say they're in it now, mm-hmm. or this loss did knock them out. Okay. 
Yeah, and that's something to take and kind of look at and think about too, man. You know, because when you when you really think about the NFL and you think about the professional teams, you think about the playoffs. So they're they're sitting at six right now. Mm-hmm. They're sitting at six. So uh, they got the Colts coming up. They got Bengals, Seahawks, Ravens. Um, out of those four games, I can see. I I, was, I can honestly see them winning at least three of them. Mm-hmm. Beating those next three games, Colts, Bengals, Seahawks. I can see them winning that game. With Trubisky? With their defense. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was just checking. You know what if I mean? I, if I say anything about the Steelers winning, it's, they ain't got nothing to do with quarterback. So I, can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you that, man. Okay. Well, listen, let's move on to this next game, man. Okay. Now, now listen, the Jets uh, beat the Texans. Uh, thirty to six. Now, th- now let's just get down to to the uh, the nuts and bolts of this whole situation. C.J. Stroud went out. Uh, Tank Dale was already out. Nick Collins went out. And so, and, and you know, like you say, the Jets they still have a defense, man. But you know, they was only able. Houston Texans was only able to put up six points. So even more than the Jets winning, how you feel about uh, the harm that was done as far as the Houston Texans losing and uh, some of their uh, most dangerous potential players being out for a certain so, amount of time? Yeah, that knocked them out of playoffs. Mm-hmm. This loss knocked them out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know the intent of the C.J. Stroud situation. Don't know to what extent that injury was. Um, we already know Tank Dale's not coming back. Nico Collins, not sure about that. And, you know, it's kind of hard because that's what's allowed CJ to play so well. Having young, explosive, legit talent around him. Even if he does come back, if you take away Nico Collins and Tank Dale, I just don't see how successful this team can be. I think you have to change everything. You have to become a more run-balanced team. And I think it's just asking for too much from players like Brandon Cooks. And who else is that? Otherwise, like, it, I just think it's going to be hard to John Messi the third, who hasn't really been able to. He was injured his rookie year, hasn't really able to come back. And then you come into this year, you're pushed down to Jeff Chart because of Nico Collins, Brandon Cook, Tank there. So it's just hard to expect the same success going forward. Um, I know everybody's in the NFL is capable of playing the game, but everybody is 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 different. Yeah, that, that's 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 true, and I hope they heal up real good, man, and come back in. And because it was really exciting to watch them when they was playing, man, especially at at, 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 uh, at healthy as they was at one point in time. So, like you said, the injury bug kind of bit them, and so now they're going to have to just step back and regroup. Mm-hmm. But it's still uh, uh, some games to be played and some things to take and kind of put together uh, for you know the upcoming uh, season and off season. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this game right here, man? The, the, the Baltimore Ravens slipped. Come out. I'm sorry. I got to give a shout-out to, to Zach Wilson. Well, go Before ahead. We oh, leave, well, okay. well, I got to give a shout-out to Zach because don't nobody else want to do it, man. Yeah. I got to tell my boy congratulations. Went out there through for 300 yards and two touchdowns. And I think the attitude going into the game benefited him. He said, what else is good? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? They yeah. bench me. That's what <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? They bench me. I've been there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Listen, so, all right, and I'm glad you said that, man, before we moved on. So, you you see what Zach Wilson is capable of doing. But this has been the circus up and down, head-scratching type season that the Jets has been having, man. When you have all these flashes in the pan, what do you actually do? It is a... 
it's just a hard thing because, like he said, like I said, the, the attitude going into the game definitely benefited him. But it had to come from – he wouldn't have had this attitude if it didn't come from all of this early turmoil and, you know, all of the – Things he had to face, adversities, everything throughout this season, he wouldn't have had this attitude now. Cause you just, now it's like, what do I got to lose? They gonna blame me anyway, you right? Know, it's that type of, and I think that's more of the problem. I think, yeah, you had to, you had to tame the fire. You had to, you had to try to keep it contained. But the way you did that was pointing the finger. That's detrimental to your team because now you got. Now, if my coach is saying, oh, yeah, my quarterback's not getting this job done, we're not winning because we don't got a good quarterback, the locker room hears that. Mm-hmm. And it's small things like that that all you're doing is just keep you screwing it in. Right. You, you, you're working on getting it in there to a point where now it's their thoughts. Now it's that now they're feeling that type of way. Now it's, I don't, wanna, I don't want this man throwing me the ball. Like, right. you're going to every week. Changing your quarterbacks, they hear Zach Wilson. They're like, man, <laughs> one of them weeks. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough thing to balance. Yeah, you need more consistent play from him. Cool. But we also can get these type of games from him. Harp on this. Don't harp on the, the, the negatives because he wasn't even supposed to be your starting quarterback this year. Remember that, too. He wasn't even supposed to start. Harp on, hey, tough game. We know. I know tough game, but I know what you can do. I know you can win those games. I know you can have us being competitive. Stay on that. Get back to it next week. We're gonna have a good week in practice. Let's go. That's that. Instead of going into the press conference, I just don't know what he was doing out there. Right. And 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 when you and when you think about that, uh, chemistry is very important, especially on any kind of team sport. And one thing about it too is I would like to uh, make this point as well. A vote of confidence from the person that's in charge or, you know, really kind of calls the shots goes a very long way. If you don't feel you got the vote of confidence from your head coach, then what do you really expect me to do when I'm out there? And the thing with football is everything is connected. Everything's on a string. Unlike basketball where this is my favorite thing about this is why I lean it towards basketball more. I can control a lot more than what I could control if I was one of 11 people on the football field. Mm-hmm. Being one of te- being one of five on your team on the basketball court, not having to – I play quarterback in the NFL. No matter how good I am, I need everybody up front to be just as good. I need my receiver to not have brick hands. <laughs> I need my running back to be able to pick up blitzes and also get these some – time to, you know, have them respect you. Mm-hmm. I need my defense to get me the ball. Basketball, I do all that myself. Right. I don't need nobody to do nothing other than get out my way. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely, baby. It's a lot more moving parts, and, ain't it? Man, there's too many moving parts. <laughs> and, and that's the same thing with every position. I just picked out quarterback because it's the most you depend on everybody else. Running back. Y'all ain't got no hole for me. I ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> I'll break a 30-yard run. My receivers ain't blocking up field. It ain't going to turn to six. Defense. I'm on the defensive line. You ain't – they don't got to worry about you at all. <laughs> they double-teaming me. They, they, you know, they double-teaming me, all types of stuff now. I play corner. 
the line gets no pressure. I got to guard this man for 15 seconds. Do you think that is physically possible? <laughs> the kicker. I can go to the kicker. The holder. You don't hold that ball right. There's no... The snapper. You don't snap it right. The offensive line. Laces ain't pointing in the right direction. Y'all don't block that corner, man. He going to... I can we can do this all, special teams. <laughs> you don't stay in your life. <laughs> I keep going and going. I can going. do this all day when it comes to football. Basketball, right. I name any position, it's the same thing. Exactly. Point guard, if you want to, you can go down there and get 15 rebounds if you if that's not what you chose to do. Right. Center, if you want to become Steph Curry, you can be Steph Curry. <laughs> it, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. It's up to you mm-hmm. and what type of game you gave to yourself. Football, it don't matter what game you gave to yourself. You could be the fastest man alive. If they not blocking, it don't matter. Right. So when you look at that, and uh, you know this whole entire season, it's really been, hey, Zach Wilson is the problem. And like you just explained, maybe not necessarily. You got to spread the love out when you're talking about the problems that's going on. So I know that they're pretty much out of playoff contention pretty much. So, where you see him going forward again, like I say, with this now, because did they did he just increase his stock as far as trade bait, or you know, to somebody else really taking a chance on him, or are they gonna really in the offseason gonna figure out if they are gonna keep this man or not? I think I think it goes to what Aaron Rodgers does. If you can sit Zach Wilson a full season behind an Aaron Rodgers, you do that. You you give him a full season to watch one of the greatest of all time. If not. If Aaron Rodgers is saying, yeah, and that took the last little bit of football I had out of me. I don't, I don't even want to do this no more. Then you, I think you trade Zach. I think you trade Zach, try to get a more, somebody who's already established in the NFL. Somebody, or you go and just get you another rookie. You just start over the process. But I don't think they're in that position because their surrounding pieces on that team is magnificent. They have great pieces on both sides of the ball. Right. That defense is a little bit more of a head. They're a little bit further down the process, but that offense is right there too. With having like Brees Hall in the backfield, uh, Vera Tucker on that line, you got you, you go get Alan Lazard, you got um, Garrett Wilson, Gary Wilson out there. Like they they're right there. It, I want to say they're a quarterback away because I would like to see a little bit more pieces involved, like filling out that offensive line a little more, um, getting a legit tight end threat in there. Um, I still think they need a couple more receivers. Uh, especially like a slot type guy who one of those give it to him in three yards and he can turn it to thirty. Exactly, one of, one yeah. of those type guys. You already got the guy that's going to take the top off with Garrett Wilson. He's yeah, going to take the top and, off, and that's the time I kind of feel the same way with Alan Lazard. He's a he's a medium to deep range wide receiver because he's not a big yards after catch guy. So you need that short yardage you need to, that to, short, to mix that in to that, get all three levels. So yeah, let me dump this down, but he also can take that and turn it into a 50-yard game. Exactly. So, I, I don't even... Kadarius Tony. it's not like he don't need to be in Kansas City no more because he's, he's dealing with the same thing. Everything's Kadarius Tony's fault for some reason. Mm-hmm. Everything. I granted that offsides was big offsides. You don't expect that to be caught. I see the... Let me, that's, that's, we're going to get there. Yeah, we're going to get there. So hold on for a second. We're definitely going to get there. So let's move on with this one first. Let's talk about the Lamar, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, okay? They slipped by. And, I mean, they had to go to overtime to do it. And it was a 76-yard return that actually did it. So it really wasn't Lamar Jackson's arm or his feet that made this game happen for him. Ravens 37, Rams 31. Uh, how do you feel about this game, man? Um, I'm, I'm a Good sign. 
to win the games that catch you off guard. Mm-hmm. It's a good sign to win the games that catch you off guard. Um, the ones that make you have to react in the time and fight. You know, going into this game, you would think they walk out easy, Doug. We've seen the Rams these past couple weeks. They've put up 30 points almost every game. That offense is rolling right now. Um, I think it's just a combination of that. But like I said, you just got to like the response. They didn't They didn't let the Rams punch them in the mouth and they just start backing up. No, nah, they, they, they kept coming in. It was one of those, we both going to throw punches. It's going to be a hard-hitting, heavyweight, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali type staff. Right. We, we never running from nothing. Right, exactly. But it's, like I said, kudos to them. These are the type of games that you like to see you guys win. Because you guys are right now sitting at number one seed in the AFC. You you guys are the team that nobody's talking about. And it's hard game. to believe that it's, they're still uh, so far up under the radar, man. Like no, you say. I, I watched, the, I watched uh, CBS put out a um, top five, top ten contenders. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. They got the Bills above the Ravens. Really? And the Bills ain't even in the playoffs right now. Right. They're not even in the playoffs. So that just shows me how much y'all don't believe in Lamar Jackson. That's the only reason I think that y'all are doing this. Because to me, the only thing you can say the reason that you put the Bills over the Ravens is Josh Allen. That team is not all around better than that Ravens team. No way. In no circumstances at all. I take everything on that Ravens team over that over anything y'all got out there. I'll take their running back group. I'll take their wide receiver room. I'll take their quarterback. I'll take their defensive line, their linebackers, their corners. I'll take everything, everything over what y'all are doing out there in Buffalo, especially my quarterback. (laughs) Exactly. So the fact that y'all have a team who aren't even in the playoffs right now really might not make it. They're sitting at 11 in the standings right now. Y'all have them over the number one seed in the AFC. Doesn't make sense. Other than y'all just hating. Yeah, it's, it seems like, like you said, it's a lack of trust on the Lamar Jackson side of things, but he's been showing it every single game, man. And I like the way the coach, what he he said was, he was like, listen, check this out. Lamar Jackson had a great game, and he also wanted doing it the Baltimore Ravens way, but he also uh, uh, tossed in his way of playing football, and it worked. Because uh, Lamar Jackson did it with his legs, and he did it with his arm. Yeah. And then he had Odell Beckham. He had four receptions for 97 yards and a touch. So that right there, hey, he's, he's, he's warming up. He's getting back to that. And we see what he can do in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Once he gets there, he can be a, a game changer. That Rams Super Bowl run had a lot to do with Odell Beckham. Exactly. And I think he may have been working with a, just a little bit more energy knowing that he was, you know, playing against his former team. You know? So it, it was a lot of moving parts in here, man. But it was actually a great game. And Cooper Cup, let's not leave him out. That's my man. Eight receptions, 115 yards, and a touch. So, hey. But about that, when I see one play, the Ravens just didn't guard him. Yeah. They really just, nobody was in front of him. <laughs> and that's the that's the last thing should have been in the game plan. I know that wasn't in the game plan. Couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. Well, what about Matthew Stafford and his three touchdowns and 294 yards on his own? He's still slinging that thing. Mm-hmm. He still, he, I think that Carson Wentz pickup lit it just a little bit. It had to. I remember <laughs> I was speaking on it. It lit a little bit of fire up because I don't think it's more of he's worried about Carson Wentz taking his job. I think it's more of y'all brought this man in here for what? <laughs> I'm the quarterback. For we don't. What? We don't. I need. still got this. <laughs> I 
I got this. I don't need. I don't. I'll tell y'all if I'm too banged up to go. <laughs> Other than that, don't 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 make no assumptions on my behalf. And he showed it. Didn't he's he? like, yeah. Now this is what y'all get. Now y'all got to pay two quarterbacks for no reason. Exactly. When I was the number one, anyway. Okay, love it. Now listen. I don't know if we need to do some slow singing. I don't know if we got some. Uh, uh, but I, you know, we got to talk about it, baby. Okay. Your Carolina Panthers put up six points. All I gotta say is, I'm done. Okay. I'm officially done. Listen, the New Orleans Saints uh, won this game 28-6. to six. Now, come on now. We, you know we got to talk about it because that's what we do, baby. All right? This is a sports podcast. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, listen. Oh, it's, it's, it's bad and ugly. Right. Now, the thing you think about when you think about it, all right, uh, do you have any kind of uh, brightness, any kind of highlight that came out of this at all? No. Oh, oh I got one. He ain't throw no interception. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> Let me vent a little bit. Let me vent a little bit. Okay. okay. Let me say this. Offense temp. Mm. Straight despicable. Mm. Hey, nothing to be happy about at all with that offense. Right. Even if you run for 204 yards, how you only get six points? Right. 204 yards is two touchdowns right there. That's the field twice. And y'all mean to tell me not one of those times did you make it to the other side of the field and get in the not one of those not once did y'all make it close enough to the other side to get in the end zone or maybe just a couple more field goals y'all ran for two hundred and four yards how does it how in, is it even possible y'all only got six points how then defensively y'all didn't do nothing one set from Frankie Louvre. And that's, uh, and that's the thing about it, man, when you talk about it. That's, uh, listen, and I think sometimes, uh, listen, you, you really got to try to figure out what your offense is doing, the team that you have, and, and, and what you can get out of them. But you know how it goes now and everything when it comes to fourth down and when it comes to close to the goal, when it comes to the analytics, and when it comes to all this other stuff, oh, uh, it, the, the numbers say we need to go for go you know, go for it instead of kicking the field goal. Three points is still three points, man. It's been plenty of teams throughout the league that has won kicking four field goals. They won the game. Especially this year. Right. They have won the game. 6-0, 3-0. Yeah. So why? But you keep going for the big buck, big buck, long ball, long ball, and keep going for it, especially if you in field goal range. Only only good note to take away this is Derrick Brown's play. Yeah. Derrick Brown is uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Um, Brian Burns has been quiet. I think he honestly does it. He's going to say he wants to be here. He's going to say, all right, I just think he, he's over this. Mm-hmm. He's over the experiments. He's over. He's just, he's tired. He's tired. Um, I, I don't blame him. Honestly, I don't blame him. Um, it's bad. It's all around bad. It's just, there's no defending it anymore. Right. There's no defending it anymore. Um, you guys just have to want to be better. You guys have to really want to be better. Because there's no excuses now. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all have played... 13 games, and I've seen no improvement. No. With one win. I have seen no improvements. Yeah. And that one win really, I took that up to, y'all was just hyped to play C.J. Stroud. Mm. Y'all had you guys Bryce Young back that game. Other than that, I still, it wasn't no improvements in that game, really. It, it, we had a couple big plays, and we only, what, we only scored one touchdown, I think, that game. Two, I think Bryce threw one and Chuba scored. Yeah. Either way, it wasn't like we went out there and put up 30 points. We're not good. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it goes. Okay. (laughs) We got it. (laughs) Listen, okay. How about the Bengals and the Colts? The Bengals won this game, man. 
34 to 14 against the Colts. I think more than anything else, because we know Joe Burrow is out. Okay, but your boy Browning, man, he kind of throwing his ball around a, a bit, a little bit, and he and he finding the people that he need to find. Maybe they just don't have enough tape on them or whatever the situation is. But he's keeping them in contention. How you feel about he's this a, Bengals win? He's a he's a quarterback who's been around the league though. Mm-hmm. He, he's not new to this, and I think he's one of those who preparation finally met perfect timing. I think he's been preparing for this. I think he's he's one of those guys who. He knows it can happen any given Sunday. You can be called upon any given Sunday. And I think he was just ready for it. He's been ready for it. He's been wanting to have a chance to go out there and show he can play the game. And I think he's just taking full advantage of it. And it doesn't hurt that he's on one of the most talented offensive squads in the league. Uh, and it, it, they, they make the job easy for him. Uh, having a Joe Mixon, who, like I said, having somebody who makes the defense respect your run game, and having guys that you can just get the ball in their hands and they will create plays for you. Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Like, they, they, their whole team is just making it do what it do, right? Yeah. Well, uh, what about the, the Minshew mania and everything? Because they, he's still kind of keeping them afloat even though they won that game. They may be looking at a wild card possibly. And then Jonathan Taylor, I think he may have hurt his thumb on this game. Yeah, he went out. Yeah, but uh, so do, do you think that hurt their chances? Right now, they're sitting at that last spot with teams like the Texans right behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we we talked about they had to play that Pittsburgh team next week. Uh, you got Denver sitting at nine. So, it's it's not ideal to take losses like this to a backup quarterback. You you do want – I mean, you do have a backup quarterback yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's just – with y'all in this position, you would try to pull – you want to pull this one out. Um, their next – but – they do after this Steelers game. They have Falcons, Raiders, Texas. Mm-hmm. All winnable games. All winnable games. So they could end at ten and seven if they do drop this next game to Pittsburgh, which is also a toss up. You just have to manage the game well against that defense. I think your defense will be able to do enough against Pittsburgh to limit them scoring wise. Um, it's just being how can y'all navigate. Their defense, right, and um, um, and, and I, I heard what you just said too as well. Uh, it is the year of the backup quarterback. So with that being said, how important it is to have a backup quarterback that's going to kind of come in, man, because we've seen the Jets didn't have a plan B. They didn't expect Zach Wilson to play all season. But how important is it, kind of like this, uh, uh, at this point going forward with you know seasons to come, of having a quality quarterback, backup quarterback that's going to give you a chance to keep your momentum and win games. You look at it: Minnesota, Colts, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. That's four teams in the playoff picture with backup quarterbacks. Right. It's. I think it's always been ideal to have somebody you can depend on because football is such a physical sport. And it can be anything. There's things as non-contact injuries. There is such things as people just getting their head knocked off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always – and then just having that quarterback room of everybody. I think that's what made – it's off topic, but the Alabama team a couple of years ago when they had like Tua Tonga-Valoa, um, Jalen Hurts, Matt Jones, all those guys in one quarterback room, it can only benefit your team. Because even the guys who aren't playing see things different. They see things different. They they go through about things different. Um, everybody can help everybody in certain ways. And that's the same thing I think about NFL quarterback groups. Even if you have a young – we look at it – we see it a lot with younger quarterbacks. Once you get a younger quarterback, you're, people are quick to bring in an older vet guy. 
but they don't have that same energy with guys who've been in the league six, seven years. Why not still bring in an older vet guy? Right. Why not bring in, even if he's been in for seven years, bring in a one or two year guy who can, they can bounce. You know, it's just I think it's always ideal to not put your eggs in. To one basket. Yeah, and that's true. Because Carson Wentz was sitting on, he was at home watching the game, sitting on the couch, and he got reactivated. Joe Flacco was at home for two years. Yeah. Came out, he got more passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, now how about this NFC South battle, baby? We had the Falcons and the Bucks. They played each other. The Bucks won 29 to 25 against the Falcons. So I'm pretty sure that include uh, that kind of increased their playoff probabilities in the NFC South. What you think? Yeah, um, I think Baker got that team rolling. He said a statement where it was just like he's tired of losing these games, these close tight games, and they've been undefeated since that that comment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think this the NFC South now is theirs to lose. Okay, well that's cool. That well, all right. Well, well that's cool then, man. You know, do you think they're gonna do some damage when they get there? No. Oh, okay. I think they just get there. <laughs> because you, if you look at the matchups, it's looking like they're going to end up playing like that Philly, Dallas, Sanford. Like they're going to play one of those type guys. Mm-hmm. And that's just not ideal. Right. At all. At all. Okay. Well, listen, you know, we got to talk about your boys. I know, you know, about that Clemson connection and everything that kind of happens when that goes on. Uh, and I think you did call this game exactly the way it happened. The Cleveland Browns beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-27, and it was their defense that did it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like you said, you had Joe Flacco back there. He did throw three touchdowns and one pick. But like you said, that defense came uh, strong. What do you think about that matchup between the Browns and the Jaguars? Oh, my. Going for it's just not ideal for the Jags to be – I think they kind of got exposed. Uh, you, you press it, Trevor Lawrence a lot. He does make he tends to make some mistakes. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. Three interceptions. Um, some wild. He he's one of those hot cold guys. Like he runs hot, but when he cold, man, when he off off nights is terrible. <laughs> off nights is terrible for reason. Uh, we got to find a way to get the running game back going because that's that's another problem. Uh, just not having to respect the run game, and what we talk about all the time. Play action is a big part of what Jacksonville tries to do. When you don't have to worry about the run, play action doesn't work. Yeah, when you become when you lose a turnover battle and you become one dimensional in your play, you can't really expect to win that game. No, and right now that's the matchups in the playoffs: Cleveland versus Jacksonville. You know, it's still four or five games to go, but right now that's where you're playing. And the, they've shown what they can do to you. Exactly, close game, but you just don't like the idea of your quarterback being so flustered and uncomfortable. At all. All right, well, check this out. Now, we, you know we got to talk about this NFC North game, okay? Listen, the Detroit Lions lost to the Chicago Bears, okay? 28-13. It just feels good when you're right. <laughs> it just feels good when you're right, man. <laughs>
that's what the thing is with the Bears. They have a lot of exciting pieces. They honestly do, especially on that offense. Justin Fields is exciting. He can't see for to save his life. <laughs> he is an exciting player to you know to think about his future and things. If you, you can't work on reads. You can't work on things like that. It's not ideal for, to have that be something you got to work on in the NFL. But you can work on it. You can get better at making reads. So I don't give up on Justin Fields. Um, you know how I feel about DJ Moore and Dante Foreman. Those are Panthers guys. And once you're a Panther, you're a Panther for life in my eyes. Because right. I know they're not going to treat you like that. <laughs> the Panthers ain't going to treat you like that. But in my eyes, you're a Panthers for life. I love to see you guys go somewhere and succeed. Um, but anyway, this Jared Goff, like I said. He's who you thought he was. He can lose you games. I, I, I have more faith in him losing us a game than him going out there and winning you one. All right. So let's talk about that for just one quick minute. Um, I kind of want to uh, uh, give you the question of the eyes through the coach. The, the coach see that the, the, the house in the building is falling and burning down all around. He sees it. He's trying to hold it together when it comes to the media and the questions, but he see what's happening to his team. They falling apart at the seams, okay? They pretty much then gave you everything that they can give them and not expose themselves for who they really are. But he's trying to hold it together and everything. But like you said, man, pretender. Yeah. And nothing against Dan Campbell. He was a great coach. To even come in and turn this franchise around the way you have. Great coach. Your team ain't great. <laughs> and it's okay. It's perfectly fine. Right. It's okay. It's not a lot of great teams in the NFL. Uh-huh. You guys are really good. Really good. Right, right. But they, they y'all messed up by, by including yourselves in that contender conversation. That's another conversation. That's a, that's a whole different ball game right there. So let me ask you this question, and I meant to ask you this earlier. Is the hardest thing to do when it comes to a team sport is to win an NFL football game? Do you feel that's the hardest thing to do? In, in team sports? In a team sport is to win an NFL Football professional game. Yes. Okay. Tell me why you feel that way. Same, kind of the same thing we talked about earlier. As in, I can control so much as an individual in right. basketball. Yeah. I can control so much. Same thing in baseball. If I go out there and strike you out, strike out everybody, and y'all ain't scoring. Even if my team don't score. Exactly. Y'all ain't scoring. You heard it here. It's the hardest thing to do, but baby. In football. <laughs> in football, you can go out. Your offense can go out. Play amazing, put up thirty-eight. Your defense can go out and play a stinking, put up, give up thirty-nine. You lost. You lost exactly. You heard what we said and how we talked about it. It's the hardest thing to do, baby. Well, let's keep moving with these games so we can finish chopping this thing up, baby, real nice, like. Okay, now I know you feel good about this, man. You've been hounding them all year long. The Forty ers beat the Seahawks twenty-eight sixteen. Go with it. Talk to me, Brock Purdy, two touches, three sixty-eight. Um, I don't want to put too much into this game. The Seahawks came out without Geno. Uh, Drew Locke played. He threw two interceptions. Uh, but Brock Purdy should be in this MVP conversation. Right now, I think it's um, him. It's weird to think, but you got to have two people from that 49ers team. Him and Christian, of course. 16 carries, 145 yards. CMC in the building, like, He's legit one of the – I think he's the greatest offensive weapon in the NFL today. Debo Samuels didn't look shabby, too, with seven receptions, 149 yards and a touch. This this offense can give it to you Mm -hmm. any way you want it. 
Anyway, and let's not forget Ayuk out there, six for 126. They can give it to you however you want it now. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Like, however you want it, we can, we, we got you. We right. got something for you. <laughs> just, a lot of people want to say Brock Purdy is the ultimate game manager, but I seen him make some some pretty good NFL quarterback throws. Got put in between four. It, it's not he throwing five ins and five outs all up and down the field. That's and I think that's what people are trying to reduce what he's doing too. No, that's not it. Yes, he is blessed to have some of the best weapons and probably the most weaponized offense in the NFL next to the Dolphins just because of what they can do speed-wise. This team, skill-wise, I think is the best offense. And it's not close. It's not even close. Right, I got you. It's, it's at every position. It's not close. And you know how I feel about the, the Ravens. Offensively, they're one of those. And it's scheme-wise what they can do. It's Skill, it doesn't. People think I don't. It's levels to what I be saying. Right. I'm not just saying, oh yeah, they're the best team, and that's just the end of it. No, they're the best team at this. Scheme wise, what the Ravens can do, I don't think anybody else can do in the league. That's why I think they're so. I think that's what makes them the best. Because if you, and Harbaugh's already shown he can do that. He can scheme it up. You get him a wide receiver room that you have never had. They've never had a wide receiver room like this. You see what's happening. That defense has been there. It's been there for a while now. That was coming all together. You look at this 49ers team, skill set-wise, matchup-wise, they match up one-on-one well with anybody in the league. You can defend any anybody. I'm taking CMC against y'all front five again most nights. I'm taking Debo against your cornerback one most nights. I'm taking Brandon Ayuk against your cornerback two most nights. George Kittle, every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's just, yeah, that's what I say. Then you look at the Dolphins. Speed wise, what are we even watching? <laughs> How did y'all even accumulate all these four two four three type of guys? Right. I've never seen a, Somebody was paying attention. I've never seen, and that's what uh, Mike Daniels say, what y'all look at in the, what y'all look at when y'all bring in a player? That was some fast guys. <laughs> exactly. And that's just that's just where I'm at. I know the Eagles have the I mean, we talked about it all the time. The Eagles have the most well balanced team. Mm-hmm. Like they're well balanced at every position. But I still think it's people better. And you know what I mean? Yeah, and we're going to chop that up in a minute as well. And I, and I feel you on it. Now, listen, uh, the implication of this next game that we're going to talk about is the Vikings put up three points and won. But I, and the Raiders, nothing at all. You already told me how you felt about O'Connell, okay? He is who he is. But the thing about it is uh, Justin Jefferson, he played this game, but he also went down in this game. But they say he, he's, he's possibly going to play next game. But I think even bigger than that, even bigger than that, they benched Josh Dobbs, okay? They benched him, man. And I need to know what the implications of that is. Uh, so, they already said Nick Mullins is their starter going forward. He'll be starting the next game. I don't know what the what you're seeing, what, what happened. I'm not sure. Um, Can I put this twist on it for just one quick second? What's, what's that? Is, do you think, uh, from a head coaching standpoint, just they haven't seen a lot of Nick Mullins. The, the the league haven't. So maybe he can take and catch a little a small piece of lightning in the bottle like Josh did for about three or four games and kind of get them to the point they need to be. And that's the playoffs, even if they don't go far. But see, 
This is my thing. I think if that was the reason why, I just don't believe it is. I think it's more of quick to panic. Quick to panic. Um, you guys are in in the playoffs right now. Um, last game you only put up ten. This game you only put up three. I think it's just scaring the offensive production. But if you look at it, the game before that you had twenty against the Broncos team that's rolling. I just and Josh Dobbs is it's not only here he's done it. He was just in Arizona, had them guys, you know, competing and things like that. Won a game out there with a way less talented roster. Um, I just think you you roll with the guy who who who's who's proven himself. Not there's not a time where you want to give a guy a chance to prove himself, if that makes sense. So the head coach is panicking. I think that's what it was. He pressed the panic button too quick, mm. just too quick. After seeing the the, and then you guys, it was two losses. It was two losses. The second one, you only put up ten. You get into this game, he's struggling ten for twenty three. I don't, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know when exactly he got pulled. But I think it was in the fourth quarter. So it's you weren't producing, and that I think he just panicked there. It was like, okay, change, try to get. That let's try to get a spark here, but I think going forward you don't continue that. You give Josh Dobbs another chance. In my opinion, that's what I would do. I would give him another chance to go back out there and try to start off another game hot. Because I just don't think Nick Mullins puts you in a best position to win games and keep this playoff spot. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent, man. You know, you you taking you plugging in and unplugging, plugging in and unplugging, plugging in and unplugging. You don't how you get uh, something a chance to get hot. And, yeah, he did drop a couple of games, but that's okay. You need to expect that and everything. Even the best of the best going to lose a game from time to time. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying, man. So we gonna, it's going to be interesting to see. But, listen, as long as the Lions keep losing, the Vikings keep winning, they still can sneak up past them, man, or get real close. I mean, all three of you guys are in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Lions at three because, of course, they're leading the division. Um Vikings at six, and you guys sneaking in right there at seven. Mm-hmm. But it, it ends with – so the Vikings play the Bengals next week, but then they have the Lions, Packers, Lions. So it's, it is, you guys need to be rolling hot right now. There's it's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because you ended with two playoff teams, two playoff divisional teams. Right. They're going to give you the best they got. And now it's, you're going to hope for people around you to lose too as well. And I hate that because you want to really have the fate in your own hands instead of worrying about somebody else either winning or losing the game. That ain't really the way so you want to what, play. That's what I think. You got to just – who's won you games before? Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Send him out there. Exactly. Makes sense to me. Hey, listen. Now, you, we do know that the hot streak was broken as far as the Denver Broncos was concerned. It, they, they broke one. But then they bounced back real hard against the Chargers, man, and the, the Broncos won this game 24-7. What's your thoughts on, on, on Russell Wilson and, 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 and everything that's going on as far as that's concerned? Because they, I think they sneaking into the playoffs, ain't they? Um, they're sitting right at nine. Okay. So they're behind Houston and Indianapolis for that left. Who will probably eliminate each other? So right. they, they have a – they have a route to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I want to say the the end of their schedule is they play the Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. Their their schedule is in their flavor. Exactly. In their favor, especially the best team they play is the Lions. And we all – I'm not going to double back on that. Right. We already know what that means. But they have – the, the door is open for them to – and like you said, it's in their hands. If they win out, they, they should make it. Because you got to think the Colts and Texans, one of them has to lose. So they should make it. They just have to finish strong. And with the way they've been playing these past couple of weeks, up, you know, the whole streak, even the loss, I think they will 
I think they will finish this out strong. Just having the Chargers and Raiders and Patriots on your roster benefits you immensely. Yeah, yes. It's schedule-friendly, yeah, to Chargers, say the least. We know about the Patriots. We don't even know if Matt Jones or Bailey Zappi will be out there. Chargers, Justin Herbert's gone for the rest of the season. He just had surgery on his finger. He finally said, forget it. Let me fix this. Right. Uh, and then the Raiders. They didn't even score last week. <laughs> it looks good for them to make that thing happen, right? Okay, well, how about this very controversial game, okay? Because you, you was touching on it earlier, and I know you got some your thought process on it, okay? But listen to this here. The Bills, okay, the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs 20-17 to 17 on a very controversial call. On a go-ahead touchdown that was taken away off an offsides penalty on Kadarius Tony, which is probably, you know, I don't even know what to say right now as far as that's concerned in, in, in what happened. But you need to tell me how you feel about it, man, because it's still being spoken about. This game pretty much a wash. Both teams play pretty much at the same level all game. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen pretty much canceled each other out. It was one of those games. The teams matched up evenly. It came down to final second. I don't really got too much to say about the game as a whole. I just want to focus on this. Controversy at the end. Okay. Let me start by saying, Kadarius Tony was offsides. Not questioning that. How many times do you call that, though? And it didn't affect the play at all. How many times do you call that, especially with the game on the line? I can see where the frustration is with Patrick Mahomes. Because if you look at it, offsides, false starts, all those type of things are calls that happen every play. Every play. That's been a big um, point of the topic for the Eagles. Lane Johnson gets off the ball early every snap. <laughs> yeah. He started his, start his little <laughs> one-two early every snap. Right. Never called. Never called. You get you get people who jump a little bit. Every I think it's things that happen every play. You come up as a wide receiver, not in a traditional spot lined up. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to check. I seen Kadarius Tony look over to the ref. Now Andy Reid said he didn't check, but I think that looking over to the ref is a check. Hey, how I look? You ain't say nothing. Cool. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Right. One of those like y'all. You guys took that game away. Mm-hmm. You guys. The refs people, decided the and game. And people don't come to watch refs. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think that's the same conversation with the NBA right now with all the texts and objections people are giving out. People aren't paying to see you guys. People aren't paying to see you make good calls. They don't care. They don't care. Honestly, they don't care. They just don't want you to miss blatant ones. Right. Like injury. You know, things that can cause injuries. Things that's like, that man was, the ball ain't even moved yet, and he's standing by my quarterback. Things like that, DPIs, like, offensive PI, offsides, offsides. Yeah, they say one of the best games you can watch is when you don't know who the referees were. I mean, if I don't see you at all, I just know I had, it was a great game. Exactly. But it's just, I think you don't, you don't take it out of the players' hands in those situations. I'm big on that in basketball too. Even when I was playing, I was don't don't cause. I don't want to end the game at a free throw line. Okay, so can I ask you this right here? All right, now you do remember that Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles? What about that late penalty that went into the favor for the Kansas City Chiefs? The whole, they, yeah, yeah. At the very end of the game, they they really won it for them. I really, think, I think that one was a you let that one go too as well. 
but they won the Super Bowl for it. I, but that's I, also it. Kind of it kind of feel like it kind of came back that's around. Also the, that's also the swallow the whistle. You can be no in a Patrick Mahomes situation. You can be mad. You can be upset. But you also got to realize these same things have benefited you in the past. Right, and I think you may have forgotten that for a while. It's a part of the game. Mm. It is a part of the game. It's a part of the game you wish didn't happen. Especially in great games like that. Exactly. In great games like that. Travis Kelsey said it. That's one of the the most amazing lateral players that'll never count. Never count. It's just, it just takes away from the excitement of the game. To watch that play happen, and then next thing you know, the camera's, Twisting to a referee standing in the middle of the... That's not what you want to see. Yeah. So how do you feel uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will bounce back from this and what took place? Because now, I mean, it's still kind of significant because the Bills did win and the Chiefs did lose. Yeah, they're 1-3 in their past. They're 1-3 in the last four. So how do you feel? Um, About both teams, really. I don't like the Bills, Mm -hmm. honestly. I just don't think they... Don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like the Bills. It's... The hype around this team is what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not up and down the roster, right? They're not as talented as some of these other teams. We already talked about how they rated the Bills above the Ravens. Things like that makes me not appreciate the Bills. Because mm-hmm. I just don't see why they're getting all these benefit of the doubts when other teams are getting the opposite. Exactly. You guys are punching holes in every other team. Except for the Bills, mm-hmm. the Bills are the most holy team in the in these Swiss cheese style in these contender conversations. Josh Allen is a Cam Newton. He's a Cam Newton esque type player, <laughs> and you know I love Cam Newton, right? But he's a Cam Newton esque type player. Mm-hmm. The the arm is more powerful than it is tuned. Mm-hmm. You got Stephon Diggs, who's a great receiver. I don't think he's a game changer, though. I don't think he's somebody who can go out there and take over the game for you guys. You got Zach, uh, you got um, James Cook back there. Not a legit running back. He can put together some good games for you. Not like somebody. My, if I'm coaching the defense, I'm not worried about him. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not drawing up no game plan for James Cook. <laughs> then you got like Gabe Davis, and, and I think Dalton Kincaid would be great in the future, but he's not now. You got that defense. I don't know anybody on that team other than Demar Hamlin because y'all keep putting him in my face. Yeah, well, they do. They do got. They do got Rasul Douglas. I'm not saying y'all need to go get Rasul. Yeah, y'all got they, Vaughn, who's I'm, I'm in still and out. Hurt on that one. He's a in and bit. out every now. I don't even know if y'all still got Tre'Davious White. I'm not. What I'm saying is. Their defense isn't talked about. Right. It's not a, a game-changing defense. It's not a world-breaking defense. They talk, That's my point. Y'all talk about more DeMar Hamlin than anybody on that defense, and he doesn't even play. Mm-hmm. It's just for y'all to – and I ah, – y'all really poke holes in every other team. Uh, Eagles poke holes in it. Cowboys poke holes in it. Um, let me go – just look at this. You poke holes in all of them. Well, what about the Chiefs, though? What about the Chiefs? How about Chiefs? that? Okay, Chiefs going forward, I just think it's hard for me to bet against them because I see what they can do in the playoffs. And the fact that they have this defense now, this is the best defense they've played on in this whole Patrick Mahomes run. The best defense he's had. Um, it's hard for me to think in a playoff game when it's all on the line that Patrick does it find a way to win these games. He found a way to technically win this game. Exactly. 
Well, okay, so but they're gonna lose that number one bye, right? They're gonna lose the number one seed bye on. Yeah, they? it's Baltimore. It's Baltimore, so they're gonna have to play that extra game. Um, unless because they're benefit of a schedule friendly ending. They have Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. So it's it's that thing of AFC West. You you put in two of those. You got two good teams and two hands. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you end the schedule with two of those games. Same thing with the Broncos. Two of those divisional games in your in the last four. You expect to at least win two. Yeah. You expect to at least win two. And then you throw in the, the next one is the Bengals and Patriots. That should be two dubs. Then you should walk out 4-0 at the end of this thing and end your record 12-6. and We're still going to put them in a great position. Great position. All right, well, check this out. You know, this is the game that, hey, listen, everybody's been talking about, you know, and we're going to have to talk about it as well, man, because I think you take you really caught this as far as, okay, the Cowboys is going to take care of business and everything, and you was really able to take and look into the eyes of uh, Jalen Hurts and actually uh, what he's able to actually bring to the table. Cowboys win 33-13 against the Philadelphia Eagles, man. I want you to go ahead and go with your thought process, and then I need to take and chop some things up with you, man, on some stuff I've seen as well, because I need your insight on both sides of this thing. What'd you think? I think that the 49ers really exposed the recipe to slowing down this offense. And what these Cowboys and 49ers were able to do, it wasn't even slowing down. They completely neutralized this offense. Completely neutralized it. And that's what I I, I kind of alluded to in the last episode. You make Jalen Hurts beat you with his arm. That's it. That's the game plan. Make him beat you. And especially if you can get up on this team and, you know, teams are quick to abandon the run once they're down. Jalen Hurts isn't a guy who can beat you with his arm. He's a guy who can beat you in a a team schemed offense. He needs every he needs every piece around him to be running at a high level. He needs his running backs and running game to get off to a good start. He needs to pick up some of those give me first downs using the tush push. He needs AJ Brown to be dominant. He need like he needs all these things to go right for him. I don't think he's that quarterback who can go out there and legitimately dominate a game and win you a game. Now, close games, he has that mindset of, I can go out there and win this game for you. It's just a full game. It's hard for me to bet on Jalen Hurts against the better defenses in the league. Because the last two games, it's just I knew how I knew how devastating these defenses could be. I knew how devastating the 49ers defense could be, and I know how the Cowboys like to get after you. They like to get after you. They like to get in your face. They like to punch you in your mouth and see how you react. The Eagles, yes, that's their fan base. The Eagles team offensively isn't a team that likes to get punched in the mouth. They, okay. They just don't. All right, so uh, with that being said and everything you talked about, you know, Mike McCarthy, he got off the operating table, baby, with fresh stitches to, t- to coach this game. So apparently he was doing a whole lot of studying and researching, and so it, I guess it kind of took a year, okay, for the league to figure out – Figure out Jalen Hurts, the brotherly shove in his offense on how this thing to operate because they was in the Super Bowl last year. 
It looked like it's going to be hard for them to get back there. Kansas City had been there a couple times, won a couple of them, okay? It's almost like, man, did that window open and shut so very quickly because you know how it is in this league. But when you look at that and everything, right, and you think about the Eagles, I mean, hey, listen, first of all, they took in, they was just flooded with penalties. They first drive, they had three consecutive penalties. That didn't help them, okay? But let me ask you this as well, okay? Because I, I looked at this game two times. Did the Dallas Cowboys score? They picked the penalty flag up and said it wasn't no penalty. I I'm like, really? Is this kind of like what we're doing? I don't know if they was legitimate or, lot, uh, or not, man, but that can sap a team's, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, uh, momentum. And then that third penalty where they picked the flag up was a long pass to Gallup to keep the, the, uh, the drive going. So I was like, did they get that fair shake? Um, with things like that, I just – I get what you're alluding to, but I just don't think those calls can lead to a 20-point victory. I think it... There's it, it, 14-point it, swing on, on two of those calls because both both of those was touchdowns. But who's to say, even if they, they pick it up, even if they, they go with that call, who's to say they still don't score? That offense was... They was rolling. They was rolling. I guess, like you said, you got to give credit what credit due, and we will give credit to Dak Prescott. We done already done said that. Okay, Dak Prescott, you playing at a high MVP type level. Okay, and I can understand that. And then when you think about it, okay, with those turnovers and everything, you know if you lose the turnover battle, you end up losing the game. And even though, even you looking at it, cool. Y'all only touchdown came from Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. I just that's the thing. I just don't think those calls determined this game. What about the double penalty? What was that? The double penalty on, on my man and everything. They had the face mask and and also not only the face mask, but he also took in he had uh the pass interference as well. They took not only did he take in he had the penalty for that, he also had the other penalty as well, two penalties, and not they got additional fifteen yards on top of that and kept him rolling again. First time I've ever seen it. Two to a double penalty call on the same player on the same play. Was it a was it a legit call? Man, the way they explained it, one penalty uh, coincided with the other one, causing it to happen. So it's kind of like the hands to the face type situation, along with the pass interference, and both of them called both of them to react, and they was able to enforce both of them at the same time. I ain't even never heard of it before. Yeah, I've never, but also, I've never seen a pass interference in the face area at all. Mm. So I'm, that call, okay, I'll give you a bit of My thing is just more of the offense for the Eagles. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not looking at the Dallas Cowboys wouldn't allow them to score. We already know the Cowboys get benefits of the doubt in almost every situation. Yeah, yeah, probably they, they did come out and get some calls they weren't supposed to get. <laughs> probably, probably. But y'all still only mustered thirteen points. Did they get a lot of calls against them? Did the Eagles get a lot? Did they? Was they? They got calls that took away points. No, they didn't. No, no. So that's my point. And then if you just look at it, um, you just look at it. It's, it just seemed. It was a more quiet game for this offense. Right. It seemed like they were more contained. They didn't get the big plays. They didn't do, you know, and that's what I said. You, you, you. And then I've seen things like the Cowboys step up in the red zone. They get down there. I want to say they was inside the 10. Um, they got a lot of, they had some pass breakup down. So it was things like that. They had chances to score. Y'all had chances to score. They came up and made big plays against you guys. Y'all guys didn't have an answer this game. Yeah, I think that's more what it is. And y'all have shown y'all don't have a lot of answers when, like I said, when y'all get punched in the mouth early, a team goes up on you early. Y'all don't have. Y'all aren't showing me that fight. I got that you. you. Should that should be 
What's the word I'm looking for? Tied into Philly culture. Right. So let me ask you this right here. As far as like the brotherly shove, now they took in, uh, it was a situation where uh, I think they may have been like four from one. Anyway, it was short. And uh, offsides. Are, is the league now kind of neutralizing that play now with offsides as far as that's concerned? Cause now, it, that's, now, that's a picky subject because they they came out and said they want to ban it. They mm-hmm. want to ban and tush push brotherly shove. So I don't know if they're trying to discourage them from calling it by calling them offsides. But also, like I said, that line has been jumping every game. So I don't know if that's what – you know, if they finally just got tired of it, or it's a lot of things that could go into that. They have came out and said they want to ban it, but also I have personally watched that offensive line jump early. Okay, now it was a lot of drop balls and everything, especially when it came to uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles side of the ball. Um, and you know how we go with the eye test, man. This analytics it don't even make sense to me. Uh, going on fourth down versus field goals. Now the time that now Dallas did kick four, kick four field goals in this game. And that's why I'm saying that the eye test, I think, works a whole lot more better than the analytics because it was on one of those fourth down times that they said it was it was a goal. It was a 34% success rate. That's what the analytics said. And they say that's a G.O. goal. You can't. Listen, if you put points on the board, you're going to win. And like I said, Dallas took and they took this game personally, and they kicked four field goals during this game, and it paid off. Yeah. You see what I mean? Well, how about that Stephon Gilmore, A.J. Brown matchup, man? He, he shut them down. And A.J. Brown didn't help his case by yap, yap, yapping that yap. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we know what Stephon Gilmore is. You know, he's a little old. He doesn't have that same step and get up and stuff like that. But he knows the game. And I, that's just what made him – Great anyway. He wasn't the fastest corner jumping. He was just cerebral as far as knowing where to be, how to make them drop the ball, how to, you know, contain them. A.J. Brown had the, the quietest 94 yards you've ever seen in your life. It, it, like, thinking about that, it just shows. And it went from you called him old to. I'm going to show you what old is. Now, you done poked the bell. Mm-hmm. Should have kept him sleeping. I got you. Listen, how about this right here? Because we did kind of talk about this a little bit, and I was talking to you about this on an earlier podcast, uh, peaking early versus peaking late. Now, uh, now to me, it seems like the Philadelphia Eagles, they peaked early, man. Okay? They was red smoking hot at the beginning of the season. And then they, they lost one, two, three unconventional games, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, with their stiffest competition, first of all, they got sideswiped and straight, you know, blindsided by the Jets. Right, and then what's that second loss that they had? Um, uh, what's it? They lost to the 49ers. Okay, and then they took it, and then they had the Dallas Cowboys. So these last two losses, I, I definitely can understand. But it's like they kind of like I think they peaked a little bit earlier, man, too early. It's kind of like that best play with that stretch that they had, eight, nine, how many ever games they had in a row, uh, probably needed to take and be uh, uh, now. Okay, but with that, with that part of it. You do have the taking the Cowboys peaking late. And, man, is that not a recipe to make it to the Super Bowl? I don't You know me. I'm a full-picture type of guy. The Eagles played weaker opponents at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. They started off with Patriots, Vikings, Buccaneers, Commanders, Rams. That Jets game that they lost by a touch is 14-20. You go back to they beat the Dolphins. Good win right there. Good win. Go back to Commanders. This last stretch of games have been the Cowboys, 
Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys. Those are the games that are 50-50 because you're playing the better teams. You're playing the teams that they're fighting for the same thing you're fighting for, the Super Bowl. Right. Um, so I don't, as a thing of, I don't think they peaked too early. I just think you have to realize who you're going against. The same things that worked against the Commanders team is not going to work against the 49ers team. The same thing that worked against the Patriots is not going to work against the Cowboys. Even the same things that worked in that first Cowboys game that y'all won, it's not going to work now. Not going to work now. I think that's more of don't get too comfortable in your winnings. Don't get too comfortable in the early success. Still be willing to adjust and, and learn on the fly. Okay, and that makes total sense to me. Now, when you look at the Eagles and the remaining schedule, the Eagles got at Seattle, the New York Giants, Arizona, the New York Giants. Dallas has Buffalo at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, and then at Washington. So you do see that uh, Dallas have a little bit of a tougher schedule, man, than the Eagles do. So is this going to take and be a wash basically at the end? Um. So I, you would think the Eagles win all four of these games. So that'll put them at fourteen and thirty. Mm-hmm. Cowboys. Uh, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and Washington. I'm more concerned about the Buffalo and Miami game yeah, than I am about Detroit and Washington. That's really it. Um, so even if they go two and two, that's the worst possible. In my idea, that's the worst possible outcome. Two and two. I think that puts them at what twelve and five. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles would have that. They'd win the division. It depend on what the 49ers do if they get that box. Um, it's just a toss up. Mm-hmm. It's just a toss up. But for that to be going from the second seed to fifth seed. It's a lot on his mind here. Right. So, uh, when you think about this, uh, playoff Dak, we know he's a different animal. Playoff Dak versus Jalen Hurts' composure right now with these back-to-back losses. Who are you more concerned about, man? The Eagles or the Cowboys? Eagles. And tell me why. Um, Just because the last two games have been butt whoopings. <laughs> yeah, yo. I'm talking about... Tink, and, tink. And you don't expect it because their offense is so talented. It's just obvious. Obviously, those two games, you went up against a defense who was going to make you work for it, and mm-hmm. you guys didn't make the correct adjustments. Mm-hmm. And in the playoffs, I think adjustments are huge. Throughout the game, um, have to, I think those is when adjustments are needed to be made more than anything. I haven't seen that from Nick Sirianni. Right. I've seen great. Y'all are great when y'all are up. It's like he caught you with his fingers crossed. Y'all are great when you guys are up. When you guys have to fight back is when I don't uh, I don't really believe in you guys. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not... I think y'all got one gun back from behind when that was against the Bills early in the season. Took You know, y'all guys had to go to overtime, I think. But I just don't think... And y'all are going to get people's best effort going into the playoffs. I just don't think it's ideal to not have that fight, that comeback in. I got you. And it's going to be something we're going to definitely have our eyes on, baby. Well, how about this? You know I got to talk about my team, right? Green and yellow. Listen, the Packers played the Giants, man. It was a little bit of a heartbreaker because the Giants beat my Green Bay Packers 24-22 on a last-second time running off the clock field goal. And um, I want to get your take on this, but uh, let me get my spiel in right quick. First of all, uh, uh, Jordan Love is spinning it, baby. He did have one touchdown and one pick, but he had 218 yards, and he looked great. Uh, uh, Tommy DeVito has been rejuvenated somehow. I don't know why. 
But I do feel number one, the turnover battle hurt us in this game. All right, you took and you had a broken play on defense, and then you know you also you you can't you know lose the ball like that in everything when it comes to a that type of situation. Um, uh, when, when I think about this man, it seemed like the last two games really did you kind of uh, put this together. Even though we beat the Detroit Lions, it was it was it was very close, probably closer than what it needed to be. But when it comes to the Giants, man, we missing defense. Rasheed sure Douglas. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because Jordan Love is not losing this game, and we've been able to piece it together on offense. You know, we take James Robinson, we release James Robinson, we take James Robinson, we get into AJ Brown, then we lose Aaron Jones, and then we and then we got this mix up on wide receivers, man. And I think we're still by the threat, like the skin of our teeth, holding on to that last position. And I think this loss actually put the 49ers in the playoffs. Uh, so how you feel about it, man? Because I, I'm I'm kind of concerned about just our defensive side of the ball now, man. And I don't, I still don't understand that trade, but it is what it is. It's spilled milk. Uh, but what you think about this game? That's Giants the, over the Packers. That's the that's the only eye opener thing y'all got for me. Is the, the defense, especially in this game, um, letting a Tommy DeVito, not forcing him into making mistakes. I think if y'all had some more pieces, y'all would have been able to force him, speed him up a little bit. And he he just looked a lot. He just looked comfortable back there. And he was playing freely. And that's the thing we talked about earlier with having a coach who believes in you. Dable told him, just go out there and let that thing go. Go out there and spin that thing. And just having that boost of confidence, having guys around you like a Saquon, you, like I said, having a run game when you're a backup quarterback, um, it goes a long way. He had like 80 yards this game. That's uh, four yards a carry. That, that puts you ahead of the chance a lot of times. And that puts you in a great position to not have your quarterback forcing plays. Now, you guys are missing Alexander still, right? Yeah, he's still out and everything. You did the trade with Russell Douglas. So, I think you guys are weak outside mm-hmm. as far as cornerbacks and stuff go. Um, I'm not sure about – you still have Rashawn Gary who was quiet this week. Um, Devontae Wyatt had a sack for you, uh, tackle for loss for you guys. That's the thing, no sacks, mm-hmm. eye opener. Right, yeah. I'll open it for you guys, especially in a, a game like this. I think the main objective was be, would be try to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Try to get to the quarterback. for. I just think with guys who hasn't got a lot of play time and things like that, your main objective as a defense should be to speed him up, have him thinking a little bit too much. Exactly, and I still feel good about it. Feel great about this Green Bay Packers team. I think that we have wonderful, wonderful things to build upon. Jordan Love, like you said, you got that vote of confidence there now. I really think Matt Fleury say, "Listen, okay, we know that this is the direction that we're going in," and uh, he's able to take and kind of play his game now. He's getting settled in, and I'm so glad that they didn't give up on him and they giving him this whole entire season. Man, give me a complete complete set of work that I can build from so we can come back stronger. Yeah. But like I say, it ain't over. It ain't over. We still can even play spoiler, man. Who knows? Once you get in the playoffs, it's really 0-0. Zero, zero. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. You guys have a, a a friendly schedule, too. You got Bucks, you got my Panthers, you got Vikings, and you got Bears. Right. You guys have a fairly – it's a fairly friendly schedule to you guys, and it's a winnable schedule for right. you guys. Right, exactly. You? So you guys can end up 10-7. Mm-hmm. And who knows? That might bump you up a little bit and get you to play like that Buccaneers team. Yeah. I love it. I it's love all about it. matchups in the playoffs too. It, exactly what we had just mentioned. How about this uh, rounding out this uh, this week right here, man? In in uh in a uh, football for this week here. How you feel, man? With the shock, man. That the 
uh, Tennessee Titans head over the uh, Miami Dolphins. Titans came in there with Will Levis, man, spinning that thing and beat Tua and Tyreek, 28-27. Um, I think Tyreek was hurting. I-, I think he still played the whole game, but I think he was like, yeah, he went out and everything. His ankle was bothering yeah. him. And that's I guess that's one of the most glaring things about what was going on. They was like, without Tyreek Hill in there, Tua didn't know who to throw yeah, it they to. Yeah, Tua's a Tyreek merchant. Right. And that's 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 not ideal. Because like I said, in, in, in playoff situations, teams tend to lock in a little bit more. Right. The defensive schemes become a little bit tougher to deal with. And I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be tuned in to Tyreek Hill in playoff matchups. Um, and it's not like you guys don't have somebody else. You got Jalen Waddle out there. You got A-Chan. You got uh, Braxton Berrios. <laughs> yeah. You got Cedric Wilson. Who is, like, is, I just think he's so used to having Tyreek there, knowing Tyreek is going to make explosive plays for him and things like that. I just think no matter what, that's his first look to. And he, he struggles with finding that second option, that second making that second read, things like that. Um, you know what happens when you don't have a plan B, though, man. You know, you become one-dimensional. And listen, you bound to lose. Because if you don't have nothing else to go to, if you just kind of rolling with this thing, okay, it's like, hey, I don't have nothing else to do, so uh, what, what are you just going to roll over and lose is what's going to happen. They remind me a lot more of that Chiefs team, mm-hmm. that, that Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey Chiefs team, without having a Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Tyreek Hill was that offense out there, but Patrick Mahomes, when he didn't have a Tyreek Hill, you know, when Tyreek was covered, when they took away Tyreek Hill, he knew how to extend the play as well as find somebody else. Now, granted, they don't have a Travis Kelsey on their team. That's great. But you do have a Jalen Watt. You do have a Moster. You do have Devin A-Chain, A-Chain, A-Train, and all of those. And you, you know, you got... Same person. You got <laughs> you got weapons out there to where I think... I think it just got to be... You got to get through your... You got to progress your reads faster. You mm-hmm. got to... Okay, it's not there. Boom. Yeah, okay. And and you're not a stick in the mud either, too. I get you, you... You had some concussions and things last year, but it's football. Yeah. Use them feet. Do you remember what we had talked about? I had told you this, man, and we had discussed it. I said they should have went for the record, man, when it came to those 70 points against the Broncos because that's the only thing that may come good out of this season because we don't know what the status of Tyreek Hill is, how much he's going to be able to play, what that injury is going to do, and that's his safety valve and his comfort zone, man. And y'all it, already lost y'all best pass rusher in Jalen Phillips. Right. And so you took and you got, what, 15, 2,000, 2,200-yard receiver that should be in the MVP talk. And that's it, man. If you don't make this thing happen at the end of the season, y'all going to be watching the playoffs with us. Yeah, yeah. I think they get in. I think they're in. It's just – one and done. It might be a one and done situation, which if, probably hurts even more. If you can't, if you can't figure out how to get everybody else involved consistently, I don't see y'all winning. Yeah, exactly. Well, check this out. Cam Newton has something to say, and I want to know how you feel about it. He was talking about game managers versus difference makers. Again, game managers versus difference makers. Now, when he was talking about game managers, he was saying that Prescott. And Brock Purdy was simply game managers. How you feel about that? Cam, I love you. Shut up. 
Just shut up. I love it, baby. Just shut up, man. Because now you 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 you're paying a target on your back that you can't even defend yourself from. Because you're not playing. Right. You're not playing, man. Uh-huh. Let it go. Uh-huh. Don't keep talking about these guys in the NFL because now you just seem jealous. You seem hurt. And okay, he he named Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, uh, Dak Prescott, and it was somebody else in that list. I take out all of them other than Jared Goff over you, Cam. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Right. And I love you, Cam. I love what you did for the Panthers. I love it. You never put back-to-back winning seasons together. You, 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 you have one great 2015 year, made it to a Super Bowl MVP run. Cool. Wicked year to year. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Sub 60% throwing, 100 and something interceptions. Cam, shut up. <laughs> and, and, and really, really, as a Panthers fan, I wish you would have been a game, a game manager if that's what game managers is. I wish you would have been a game manager instead of going out there thinking you was a, a, a dual threat, uh, uh, invincible Superman. You're not. And that's what exactly happened. You got banged up and you left my team sitting here to deal with the with the uh, fallout and all this. Man, shut up. <laughs> I love it. I love I'm it. I'm here looking at the stats through. I only did so I only did how long is Seven years. So I only did Cam's first seven years in the league. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, let me just go through some of these games. Uh, 108 games started versus 92, okay? 62 wins to 58. That's only four more wins, Cam. Mm-hmm. And you started damn near 12 more, 16 more games. A whole season worth of games more than this man. Okay, cool. Uh, winning percentage, 579 to 630. Guess who got the big one? Dak Prescott. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> Pass completions by 57. Dak Prescott. Pass attempts by 319. Cam Newton. You know what that tells me? He's more accurate with the ball when he throws that thing. He needs less. He needs less attempts. He's more effective in less attempts. All right. Keep going. 66.7 completion percentage to 58.5. Okay, cool. That's nice. <laughs> It keeps going and going and going. Twenty five thousand yards to twenty three. He's only two thousand yards. And like we said, you got a whole sixteen. You got a whole season of work more than him in this time span. Touchdown percentage. He's point four ahead of you in that. Interceptions thrown. Fifty seven to ninety four. Cam. Mm-hmm. And that's Dex biggest. Everybody love pointing to Dex intercept. Fifty-seven to ninety-four. <laughs> Do we need to say more? Okay, I love it, and that's it, and that's how we feel about that one right there. And I, I love you, Cam, <laughs> but you're making it so hard to defend you, my boy. <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Just shut up! All right, listen. How about this right here? There was a Heisman Trophy winner, and his name was Jaden Daniels. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, I still voted Michael Penix Jr. If I had a vote, my vote would have went Michael Penix Jr. because I care about winning. Okay. But, boy, he deserved it. I, I said that the last episode. If any year y'all gave it to a guy who wasn't going to win anything, this the year y'all give it to somebody. Right. So you feel good with it, then? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. And especially because Michael Penix came in second. So, it, you know. 
they respected him a little bit. Yeah, they were, he wasn't he was too far off. Yeah, wasn't too far off. Him a little, and they said it, it was it was close. It came down to like a couple points. Right. I got you. Well, listen, I know this has kind of been a, a little bit heavy on your mind since we're talking about college for a moment. How you feel about that college transfer portal? And we're talking about right now, not just over all sports, but let's focus in on uh, college football and the college transfer uh, portal. So what you, you know, think? Big team I want to talk about is that Colorado Buffs team and, and Deion Primetime Sanders. Okay. Big problem they had last year. We talked about it every time we talked about it. Trench play, offensive line play, terrible, suck. Get them out of here. Everybody can leave. I don't care who comes back. Because we got seven players in seven days who have committed to this team. <laughs> one of them, a five-plus star f- uh, freshman who will be coming in next year. Number one offensive lineman in the nation. Woo! They got him. They got him. They also go get a guy from Houston. They go get a guy from UTSA. They go get <laughs> like they. It, it's so good to see this because it's a. I think it's gonna be a, a more of a final product now. They got the skill players. Yes, they they got Travis Hunter. They got Shador back there. They got Dylan Edwards, the who will be a sophomore running back. Who actually would have a line now to run behind. They got Xavier Worthy out there. They got the other receiver. I think they got a five-star coming in this year. They, we already know about Carmine McLean on that defense. Shiloh will be back. Travis hopefully will probably play both ways and need a hydration pack. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, becoming, yeah. it's becoming a clearer product for them. And I'm so happy for this team because I hate the way they talked about Prime. And all these things doing this this season when he didn't have everything he he needed. He said, "Get get us while you can, because we're coming back stronger and than I, ever." I definitely believe next year is gonna be a yeah. Y'all thought. Y'all thought that last year was who we were, and you and you really, when you really think about it, you can't say that last year was a bust, man. They was like a one and eleven team, man, and they already tripled, quadrupled their wins as soon as Prime got there. Okay. And it's gonna be it's gonna be really good to see because I really want to see what if he stays what Shadur is going Sanders is really going to do back there man when he has time to throw and, and spin thing. it and he didn't go get yeah he got the five star number one offensive lineman in the nation he went and got people who been who's been playing college football has the body has gotten into the weight room the diet all those like been in in college locker rooms seeing college schemes going up against college defense he's gotten those guys and they're all D1 probably you know they're coming from schools that's winning things like that I think now it takes a little bit they go get a new um defense um offensive line coach I even think having Warren Sapp on this staff now is going to benefit that offensive line even man that's great when did that happen um at the end of he he was always at practice, but I think at towards the end of the season, those last two or three games, he's officially came on as defensive line coach. Oh man, that's wonderful. That's man. a great pickup because he was a beast man when he played in the NFL. Great pickup, and I know he can break it down. And that's why I said it'll help the offensive line too. Tell them things that great linemen do, great pass rushes do. Certain them things to look out for. Things like that. I just, I'm just excited. Yeah. I'm even more excited now about, than the first year. Exactly. But um, I also want to give a. I also want to touch on some of the other recruits that I just notable recruits that I know. Um, we talked about the Duke quarterback. Right. He has finally landed somewhere. He's committed to Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame also picked up a commitment from their Duke's defensive lineman. Um, I can't think of his name, but they also got a commit from Bo Collins, a Clemson raw receiver, a legit deep threat. Like, they retooled pretty nice, losing Sam Hartman, um, things like that. 
We talked about um, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. He picked his landing spot. He'll be going to replace Bo Nix out there in Oregon. Um, what about what about uh, Ohio State man? Uh, he took he went in, uh, the quarterback Kyle McCord went to the portal. Kyle McCord, he's in the portal. I think he's been crystal ball to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But the thing with that is the number one quarterback in this upcoming class. He is committed to Georgia, but he has Nebraska ties. Um, I think his dad is like an All-American from Nebraska, and his uncle right now is on that staff. And I think he's visiting there this weekend. Okay. So it's just how that plays out. Because they did flip his crystal ball to Nebraska. Okay. So it's just trying to figure out. I don't see Cal McCord going there if they get him to, because he's looking to play. And they Ohio State has Aaron Nolan coming in next year, who will probably take that spot from him. Um, what do you think that's going to do with Marvin Harrison Jr.? He's contemplating coming back. He's contemplating coming back only because he's mainly he he just wants to win a Big Ten championship and he wants to beat the other team up north. Right. He wants to beat Michigan so bad. Mm-hmm. But I I just don't I don't see it. I don't. With his dad being who his dad is, I think he's smarter. He's going to be able to tell him like, nah, it's not in your best interest to come back. I got you. Well, what about Oregon State, man? A quarterback, DJ Ugalele. You know, he came out. He came out of Clemson. Yeah, he came from Clemson. Um, rejuvenated his career a little bit out there at OSU. Um, he's been tied to Florida State, Florida State, and Auburn. I think he's mm-hmm. been tied to those two. But also, Cam Ward, the number one quarterback in the, in the portal from Washington State. He's he's tied heavy to Florida State and Miami. So I think they're waiting to see what happens with him. Um, but like Dylan, um, Grayson McCall, I think we talked about the guy from Coastal Carolina. He has a landing spot now. He's going to NC State. NC State's quarterback, MJ Morris, um, he just entered the portal. So it's, I like him too. He's a young, younger guy. He brought a new type of energy to that NC State team when he got the starting job. It's a guy, Aiden Childs, who also transferred from Oregon State. He was DJU's backup last year, freshman 6'4". Like uh, beast mode, tall frame can run. Um, he's in the and he's highly ranked just because he has three, four years of eligibility left. Nice. Well, uh, you know your boy uh, Drake May from UNC, man. He said he gonna he's he ain't playing no more, man. Yeah, he's, he's going to the NFL. Yeah. Um, and I seen him latest mock draft. They, you know, I think he should be number one. I think he's really the more NFL ready quarterback. Really? Yes. I think just. And we talked about this on a prior on a previous podcast. I think what the Bears need is that prototypical NFL quarterback. They don't need a. We tried with Justin Fields. We tried the elusive, extending the plays type of guys, and then just the off the field things that come with Caleb Williams. Um, he has a lot of eyes on him. He's been that way, and he's not afraid to make statements. He's not afraid to say how. He, and I just don't think the Bears are equipped to handle that right. That's all it is with that. Um, I think he should be the second quarterback taken. I've seen the Patriots taking Jaden Daniels second overall. I don't agree with that. I think what Caleb – Tyler Wallace, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in this class. Not saying that. I just think certain teams need certain fits. The Bears don't need a Caleb Williams. He's he's too much of a star, too much of a bright light for that team to – in the position that they're in. Now, Patriots, I think, can – get him to buy into just if they can keep like a Bill Belichick and things like that. I think they can hone him in. They're not going to let you say whatever you want to say in press conference meetings and things like that. I think they can control him. Now, where they have him going is Las Vegas. They have Caleb dropping all the way down to Las Vegas. I just 
again, I don't think you want him in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Okay. Well, that makes sense too, man. Hey, listen, uh, with the um, the AP first team offense, man, uh, all purpose yards went to uh, Colorado's uh, Travis Hunter. I think that was well deserving. Yes, you know, two I mean, two he way. Was, he was a whole offense. Right, exactly. Coming and going. Well, I think all of them made all Pac twelve teams this year. Mm-hmm. Should do it, Travis and Charlotte. Right. So listen, I know you got a, a quick little shout out, man. You got the Clemp, the Clemson uh, yeah, soccer team yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. You know they took and they did what they needed to do. And you got something to say about Florida State? What Just want to give a shout out to two ACC teams. You know we big ACC guys in, around here. We just love the ACC. It's, it's our <laughs> yeah. side. It's our, it's our That's what area. we do. You know, it's our area. But um, <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Clemson's men's soccer. They beat Notre Dame in the um, men's soccer national championship to win their, um, I want to say, fourth in school history. Um, and then a shout-out to Florida State women's. Also, ACC team brought home a national title in their perspective sport. So just shout-out to you guys. I know – we not big soccer people over here, but still, we want to show some respect and love to you guys for going out there and getting the job done. Absolutely, and congratulations, baby. And listen, we got some must-see TV. You know what I'm talking about? The must-see TV. Now, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about women's college volleyball. Now, this is what took place in the quarters, baby. It was some smoking red-hot games. Pitt beat Louisville 3-2. to two. Our girl, Olivia Bancock, had 16 Ks. Tori Stratford had 18 Ks, okay? Then you had Nebraska over Arkansas, 3-1. Merritt Beeson, beast mode, baby. She had 19 Ks, those kills in volleyball. And then your girl, uh, what, Harper Murray had 15 kills. Then you had Wisconsin over Oregon, okay, 3-1. Sarah Franklin, she is somebody to comp- to contend with. Sarah Franklin for Wisconsin is pretty much unstoppable. She had 20 Ks. And Thomas Alara, she had 11 Ks herself. And then rounding that thing up, you had Texas over Stanford, 3-1. Madison Skinner with 24 knockdowns on it, okay? That's the quarters which set up the semis. You got Pittsburgh against Nebraska, and then you got Texas against Wisconsin, all right? And out of that, that Final Four is taking place in Tampa, Florida. You're going to come out with your finals is going to be played. So this must-see TV tonight, okay? You have to watch this thing, okay? Pitt against Nebraska and Texas against Wisconsin. They're going to make it do what it do for volleyball women's supremacy, okay? We got to take a look at it, and we got to give that women's college sports, baby, the support that they need and deserve. You know, they get it right here. You feel me? Hey, listen, D, how you feel, baby? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Absolutely. I feel great as well. Hey, we'd like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next podcast episode of Donald and Donald Podcast. Absolutely, baby. And we're coming to you straight off script. People, please remember to drink your water and don't forget to stretch. Don't really worry about the win. Just know that your win is coming. If you know it's coming, baby, please join us next time. We signing off right now. We gonna see y'all next episode. Make it do what it do, D. Who is it? It's the Donald and Donald Podcast. Let's go. Double D.